Hey, the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails, and with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers and with available features like the panoramic moonroof. You can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. Visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. If you're like me, it's now the end of the day, and you say, "Uh uh-oh, what are we going to have for dinner? Well, here's the solution. Eating better is easy with Factors Delicious, ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian approved and ready to go in just two minutes. You're going to have over 35 different options to choose from every week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Flexible for your schedule, get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals every week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries at any time. Also, there are more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, premium options with no cooking required. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive then take out, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. What are you waiting for? Get started today and get after your goals. Head to factormeals.com slash smirconish50 and use code smirconish50 because you'll get 50% off. That's code smirconish50 at factormeals.com slash smirconish50. Get your 50% off. Hi, it's Michael Smirkanish. Welcome to Book Club with Michael Smirkanish, a collection of Michael's favorite interviews with authors from the last 30 years through today, on the air, on radio. What sets my book club apart is that I actually read the books. Book Club is now in session. Hey, it'll be good to have Del Quinton Wilbur back on the program. He has a brand new book, A Good Month for Murder, the inside story of a homicide squad. When I think of, uh, of Del, I think of... Rawhide Down, which was his book about the near assassination of Ronald Reagan. One of those cases where you, you thought you knew everything about it. Like, what more can we learn? And it was such an eye opener, the TikTok that he presented about John Hinckley's shooting of Ronald Reagan. But the new book is intriguing. It deals with crime. He embedded himself in a suburban Maryland homicide unit and wrote a book about his findings. Dell, thanks for coming back to the program. Hey, thanks for having me on. I got to say that that book event that we did up in Philadelphia five years ago is one of my favorite ones ever. Me too. I mean, wasn't that an extraordinary night? Oh, it was amazing, man. Was yeah, like you so told great stories, and, and yeah, people were really, really into it. So I, uh, I, I'm, I'm glad to hear you say that. I think of it fondly as, as well. Why did you go in this direction, and why this particular county, Prince George's County? Okay, so I really have been fascinated for my whole life by crime and homicide detectives, detective work. And I wanted to peel back the veil to show what it's really like to investigate murders today in today's world. No one's really done a book like this in like 25 years. 
And I thought, you know what, what a great time to do it, to show as we're having this national debate about policing and everything, to provide some real data for people, this is what it's really like. Now, I chose Prince George's County because all, a lot of these, um, a lot of these uh, books or t- mostly TV series, whatever, are set in urban America, big cities. And I said, you know what, I want to set my book in a suburb, which is both foreign and uh, familiar to readers, because many of my readers will live in suburbs. And Prince George's County is a microcosm of the new America, majority minority, wealthy, and the landscape goes from farmland in the very like southern edges of it, like bucolic farmland, all the way to inner city neighborhoods. When you're driving the border between D.C. and P.G., the only way to tell that you're in Prince George's County, Maryland, or the District of Columbia, is to look at the street signs and see if it has the telltale northeast or southeast marker for the district. You write that Prince George's County has, quote, endured far too many killings with at least 90 homicides a year. So, in your opinion, what makes that county different from counties with similar demographics that don't have such an extensive crime problem? You know, it's interesting to me. Um, those are things that are going to be debated forever by criminologists and sociologists. And I'm not a criminologist nor a sociologist. I think that um, a lot of it is just that it's proximity to the District of Columbia. It has a bunch of very poor neighborhoods and very wealthy neighborhoods and a really strong middle class but I believe, you know, the, the lower economic areas and the kind of the depressed areas, you know, have a lot of drug traffic, drug trade and criminal activity that bleeds over to the rest of the county and into D.C. And that's probably what fuels it, which I found was a really great place to set a book like this, because I got to watch detectives work on everything from the murder of a drug dealer who they have no name for, just a name, just a bus ticket without a name on it, all the way to the Red Ball which is like a high-profile murder of a 17-year-old honor student who a deranged gunman kicked in the front door of her house, shot her in the arm, chased her upstairs to her bedroom, and shot her dead in the head. And so I have the whole panoply of victims, because this county is that like that. It's like a, a, overall America. And, Dell, the, the book is chock full of characters. Uh, there's that detective that stands out in my mind who, who was eager to kill a bear so that he could obtain a fur rug on which to have sex. Is there something unique about those who make it their life's work to investigate homicide when they're not writing books like you? You know, I think that um, to do this job, you have to have a screw loose in a way because you're so you face death every day and you face people who don't like you every day, who don't want to talk to you every day. And it's like a fraternity. And so they, they, you, you get like these kind of they're the top, they're the the very best in their profession. To be a homicide detective, you have to be really smart and good at your job. As a police officer, to climb through that rank, especially in a department of 1,500 like Prince George's County, well, um, these guys are a little screwy. As you said, I have a diet pill-popping cheeseburger eater, a chain-smoking vegan, the female quarterback of a semi-pro football team, and a dude who brags about the herbal erection enhancers he takes. And those are the detectives. And so... (laughs) They're just kind of these outlandish characters, but they care deeply about the job. They work very hard. I got lucky. I followed a rookie detective. I mean, how, you know, most, when you do ride-alongs with police, first of all, this was unparalleled access I got. Secondly, when you do ride-alongs with police, they're very careful who you ride with. They don't let you usually go with the rookie because they're worried about the rookie screwing up, right? Well, I got to trail a rookie homicide detective on his first case, and we're at his first scene, and his eyes were as big as silver dollars, man. He was so nervous. 
And he was so honest. I was there for so long. I was there for six months, although I kind of only write about one. I focus on just one crazy month of homicides because I love writing books where you put characters to the test, like under crazy circumstances. And I got to see all this stuff. I got, I mean, you know, you got this. They By the end, they forgot I was there. So I knew that the rookie detective was like at the first scene going, praying to God his partner showed up because he didn't really know what to do. I mean, who gets that? You know, there's no, there's no gloss. This is real. That, this is what in happened. That, in that one month, there were 12 murders committed. Was it 12 or yeah. 13? 12, right? 12 murders. 12 murders. Walk, take us into one of them. Uh, Geraldine McIntyre, 71, had her house partially paralyzed. Uh, a the guy goes into her house, presumably uh, to do some handiwork, sees her $40 television, you know, a cheap television set, takes it, stabs her 11 times, and she bleeds to death on her floor. And this detective has to solve it. And he's angry this whole time that someone would want to kill this innocent woman for a $40 television set. I mean, how cheap can someone make life, right? And he doggedly pursues it. And by the end of the book, I mean, I have a scene where he he has to craft a vigil. I mean, there's so much violence in this area. Like, even though murder rates are down in this area, generally, from historic highs, way down, there's still so much violence. that you, Like, the, this innocent woman, a red ball murder, can't get any coverage in the media after a couple of days. So he orchestrates a vigil to get reporters to come out and cover it so he can get some tips. And then by the end, there's this dramatic sequence of events that leads to the killer that is like ripped from a TV show. And I was always kind of fascinated. This is nothing like what you see on TV. It is nothing like like the, the procedurals on television or even the crime novels. This is real. But there are moments where life imitates art and art imitates life. And it blew my mind away. How did writing this book make Del Quinton Wilbur more street smart? Oh, I don't, you know, I don't know if it made me more street smart um, so much as it deeply affected me. I mean, I saw 27 corpses. I ruined a pair of boots and a puddle of blood. I slipped on brain matter. And, you know, I still have some dreams about, I watched this security video, must have been 100 times this detective played it, of a murder in live, like these watching these guys chase this dude into his apartment complex with his two-year-old, and they shoot him dead, and they wound the two-year-old. And when I got to the scene, um, you know, there's his little juice box in the puddle of blood. And I watched that over and over again. By the end, it's so weird. You're like, I'm cheering for Nico Mayhew to get away. I'm like, Nico, run, run. You know, and I, I know he didn't run it, get away because I was at the scene. And this is later, like, you know, weeks later, I'm watching this video with the detective as he's playing it over and over again, looking for any clue to solve it. And I think that made me much more appreciative of life in general, but also kind of as a, you know, I, it also made me appreciate how to, why detectives and crime scene technicians and, um, you know, more people who work for the medical examiner have such gallows humor because it's like the only way to survive it. Uh, you, if you can't make fun of it, it will eat your soul. Hey, Dell, you, you note in the book that before uh, Prince George's County became diversified, there was a reputation for relying on brutal forms of street justice far too often. We live in a climate where everybody has a camera in their pocket. We've seen the images of police brutality play out in any number of cases. Ferguson, of course, is is one that that began this whole chronology. Uh, What do they say in terms of how much more difficult it makes a police officer's job in this environment? Well, you know, I think that generally police uh, find the job more difficult. But the ones who are really good uh, don't care. 
So this is the example. Homicide Squad is told they have to start recording all their interviews, right? They did not like this idea. I don't want to videotape my interviews. I like, you know, asking questions and taking notes. Now they love it. They think it's the greatest thing ever because they're allowed to focus on different things while the tape is rolling. The tape locks these guys into statements. It backs up what the cops said because they're not lying. And it allows them to get more of like, let's the jury, when they watch the video, get a sense of who these guys really are. And they're not the guys in court wearing the cardigan sweater, you know. And so now they like the tape. I didn't find a single detective who was now unhappy about having these things videotaped. And I think over time we're going to find that if you are the 95% of cops who are good cops who don't beat people and probably higher percentage than that, like the good guys, they're not going to care. They're going to like it. They're going to like that things are videotaped, that they're wearing body cameras and stuff like that, because it, it's, you know, it documents what really transpired. And I think the vast majority of time it's in their favor. The book is titled A Good Month for Murder, the inside story of a homicide squad. This is the Book Club with Michael Smirconish podcast from Sirius XM. Hey, the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails, and with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers and with available features like the panoramic moonroof. You can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. Visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. If you're like me, it's now the end of the day, and you say, "Uh uh-oh, what are we going to have for dinner? Well, here's the solution. Eating better is easy with Factors Delicious, ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian approved and ready to go in just two minutes. You're going to have over 35 different options to choose from every week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Flexible for your schedule, get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals every week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries at any time. Also, there are more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, premium options with no cooking required. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive then take out and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. What are you waiting for? Get started today and get after your goals. Head to factormeals.com slash smirconish50 and use code smirconish50 because you'll get 50% off. That's code smirconish50 at factormeals.com slash smirconish50. Get your 50% off. Listen to Michael live weekdays on POTUS, Sirius XM channel 124 and on the SXM app. The book is titled A Good Month for Murder, the inside story of a homicide squad. I don't want to give it all away, but in the epilogue, you do tell us how many of those murders, how many of those homicides were solved. I'll say I'll say this. It's not all of them. Uh, How many murders go unsolved? 
How many cases just then drift to the the back shelf and they they never quite get closed? Um, well, there are various. You mean overall or just this month? Yeah, just in general. Oh. No, in, in general, I, I'm just wondering because you you noted the, the the cop who had to put on a vigil just to to generate tips and get interest, and it makes me wonder how often we move on before there's closure. Oh yeah, you know there's well there are various different like do you count a conviction? Do you count someone indicted? I think about you know forty percent probably do not get solved, maybe in about fifty percent, and then when staggering. you factor in, yeah, it's a big number like. And the PG County Homicide Squad, Prince George's County Homicide Squad, had a higher clearance rate in 2012. It's like way up 90% or something insane. Because um, things slow down a bit and they can work all their own cases. Nationwide, the number is lower. I think it's around like 55% where they actually solve it. And that, you know, they're, you know, some of those cases fall apart in court. And, you know, there are different standards. Like to arrest someone is probable cause, to convict them is reasonable doubt, beyond a reasonable doubt. And so. You know, and sometimes they get the wrong guy. Mostly they get the right guy. And, you know, that's what it's hard. It's a hard job. What I came across, came back from this book was to be a good homicide detective, you have to be dogged, persistent, creative, and lucky. And that comes, I hope that comes through in this book, which I hope is a Rorschach test. Because I don't, you know me, I don't do a lot of opinion. I don't do a lot of analysis, like deep into crime trends. I wanted to tell a story, fly on the wall, to inform people, hey, you don't see this world anywhere on TV or when they're debating all this stuff. This is what it's like in the crucible of policing. This is what it's really like. And that's the message of the book, that inside yeah. look. It's, it's not as if there were a social message attached to it. You wanted to, to, to give us the nitty-gritty detail of what it's like to do this job. Yes, and I, you know what? You're a smart guy, and my readers are smart people, and your listeners are smart people, and they can come to their own conclusions. I've had people read the book and be like, wow, I had no idea this is fascinating. I've had other people say, you should have done more sociology. Why didn't you attack this thing? And I said, well, you know, that's good. I, you know, I, want it to be, I wanted it to be like that. I want people to form their own opinions from reading it because I trust readers to, to – if you read a 300-page book, you're going to have your own opinions about it. And I don't know. I just don't feel that it's my place to start doing analysis – when you're trailing people in a narrative and you're telling the story from their mindset, you've kind of chosen that azimuth. And it's up to you to decide what you think of these characters. Like you're talking, remember you were talking about the guy who killed the bear for the drug, you know, like these are outlandish sure. characters and you're going to leave it, you know, if you, you know, I think you, if you read it, you'll see that, you know, you're going to have your own opinion about them. Oh, no doubt. Absolutely. Yeah. Look, I think it takes a special breed. The, 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 the guy with the rug, I, that's frankly what I would expect. Somebody who's to do this job and, and to, to be able to do it well and to not let it get to you, you're going you're gonna to need a unique personality. That's what I thought. Yes. And you know what? And I think that, you know, there's a cliche about homicide detectives, but I didn't find that cliche to be true. Like, they've read the book. I was at this reading the other night. This made me feel real good. I was at a reading the other night, and a former Prince George's County homicide detective was there. I never knew the guy. He came out to you after and said, you know what? You got it just right. That's what it's like. That is what it's really like, and I'm glad you did this because there are not enough people telling our side of the story, although I don't feel like I told their side of the story. I told the story um, in, this, in this world that we're in. And so my hope is that people will read it and be like, oh, that's what it's really like. That's good to know. Now I understand why you know, police have this trouble when, you know, in this different setting. Like, can you imagine what it's like to be a Chicago homicide detective right now? I mean, holy cow. Cannot. I mean, the murders no, are off cannot. the hook, right? They're yeah. murder to murder to murder. And that's what February of 2013 was like. These guys went from murder to murder to murder. And 
trying to solve it in an environment where they weren't getting a lot of help from people. And that's what it's like in Chicago. So if you want to know what it's like in Chicago right now, you want to know what it's like in you know, Houston or Los Angeles or any of these places that Baltimore where murders are off the hook, this will provide you some insights, I think. I think you will come away going, oh, wow, that's not a job I ever want. Like, I dedicated I, the book. I totally yeah. agree. I totally yeah. agree. Hey, Del Quinton Wilbur, congrats on another fine piece of, uh, of, of reporting and publication. It's titled A Good Month for Murder, The Inside Story of a Homicide Squad. I appreciate you being back on the program. Oh, man. I, you're, yeah, I love your show. Thank you very much for having me. Thank you for saying that. It's a great book, and I hope that people will take an interest in it. I think it's vaguely terrifying. Oh, yeah. Is what I think. I mean, it's just to, to think about, first of all, I loved his description of going around with the rookie cop whose eyes were as big as saucers. To think about some, I mean, he's probably in his, you know, 20s that, and they're kids, you know, starts to me now, the older I get. And to go along, and what did he say? He saw 27 corpses? It's also, a, to me, a, a, it's a reminder of, uh, of my bubble existence for which I am grateful because to me, it's the sort of thing that you read about in a book or watch on television we, for, for people on the front line. They're, they're out there right now looking into these kind of cases. Well, remember when we came back here after Memorial Day weekend and re- you reported on the de- 69 people shot in, in Chicago over that weekend. It was unbelievable. It absolutely was. Hear more of Michael Smirconish on Sirius XM's POTUS Channel 124. Live weekdays from 9 a.m. to noon east or anytime on the Sirius XM app. Connect with Michael on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and at Smirconish.com. Book Club with Michael Smirconish. New episodes drop Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America.